Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Newcomer Investor channel, where we talk about stocks, talk about the beauty of investing, and we all learn and share insights and debate together. Now, I continue to be really grateful for all the great feedback that we're getting. I'm happy to hear that we're doing something of value, and I look forward to continue doing episodes, hopefully every single week. First thing to do if you're watching right now is please subscribe to my YouTube channel or please follow the podcast on whichever platform that you're using it. Um, I do feel like if this is something of value, then we should try to spread the word and, you know, hopefully get more people into the community. I also wanted to point out if you have any questions for me, feel free to tweet me at Newcomer Invest. I try my best to answer every tweet, but if I don't catch it in a tweet, I may just answer your question in this podcast the same way I did in last episode. Today, I want to talk about two companies that had a really hard time recently, but I believe really deserve a chance, starting with Teladoc Health. So if you don't know Teladoc, it's a multinational telemedicine and virtual healthcare company headquartered in the US. Um, So they have telehealth, medical opinions, AI and analytics, uh, telehealth devices and licensable platform services. Um, And in particular, they actually own BetterHelp, which is one of the largest mental health services. Now, in terms of share price, Teladoc has had a really impressive rise and fall. For reference, they went all the way up to 290-something, right at the peak of all the growth stocks, early 2021. And it now trades at $22 as of today. I'm recording right now on January 8th. So (laughs) it's been one hell of a ride. Uh, A very sad one for shareholders, such as myself, because I hold Teladoc at a much higher price than the current one. Uh, But I think along with this 90% drop, we've had so much negative narrative that isn't really accurate anymore at this point. Now, the bulk of the issue came from an acquisition they made. They acquired a company called Livongo for, from memory, I believe it was $17 billion, uh, which was an astronomical sum. That's true. Really a lot. And now... As of today, Teladoc is worth $3.6 billion. So they acquired a company that is like five times their size um, at a very, very high price. And unfortunately, with accounting rules, if the value of your stock goes down after you make an acquisition like that, well, specifically the value of the underlying uh, acquisition that they made, then they would have to report these uh, as losses on their uh, earnings statement. So they've had spectacularly high losses uh, during 2021 and 2022. Now, the thing I do want to highlight is these numbers are somewhat artificial. Uh, When they reported a $50 or $60 earnings per share loss, it's not like they lost that in cash. It's just the value of what they had had to be marked down, and that's reported as a loss. Or in reverse, it could have been reported as a gain, which is equally not something to be optimistic necessarily about. So that's really what happened, and and that propelled their negative spiral uh, for the stock. And that's why you see it so low as of today. But I do want to point us to some other news that I think people are kind of forgetting. Let's look at their annual revenues. In 2013, Teladoc made 20 million in revenues, 20 million US dollars. In 2017, they made 233 million in revenue. So that's 10x in four years. And in 2021, they made $2 billion in revenues. So their revenues went up 100x in eight years. That's just absolutely insane. You don't see that very often uh, with a company. And I think their revenues are going to keep growing. I understand that digital healthcare is one of the themes of stocks 
that got caught up in the whole, you know, Kathy Wood growth stocks that don't make profits and that are ultimately maybe not the best trades. But I refuse to believe that we can't do better than what we have. I mean, it's it's for me, it's become a pet peeve now when people say that digital care has no future and it was just because of COVID that people cared about it, but people will completely forget about it. Are you kidding me? I mean, how how was your healthcare experience recently? Most people, when they go to healthcare, what do they do? The process is you call the doctor's office physically. You have to talk to them. You make an appointment. Then you have to take a half day off of work because unfortunately you can't go late because all the late slots are already taken. So you're using your saved up holiday to go to this doctor's office. You go there, you put in a waiting room. There's a bunch of kids screaming, coughing, sneezing in your face. Then you wait longer than expected because the doctor's late. That's how it is. And then finally you see the doctor, you get your appointment done. All right, very good. You go home and three days later, you're sick from the kids who coughed in your face. Now you're telling me that this is okay? So among humanity's achievements, we've created the iPhone, we've put people on the moon, we've created songs like Billie Jean and Thriller, and you don't think we can come up with a better healthcare experience than that? Come on. Now another thing I have to mention is, Americans especially are so good at finding ways to make things more convenient, because that's the American way, it's make, make things convenient. I remember the first time I came to the US, I, I remember going to the grocery store with my parents and I had these people putting our items in the bags. And I remember asking them, why would people take our items and put them in the bag? Because we're literally about to take them anyway. And my parents said, this is how it's done in America. It's just convenient. So all that to say, I believe in a world with more convenient, easier access to healthcare. I think it's coming. Of course, for people, let's say my, my grandparents, my grandma, uh, people in the 70s and 80s, they're not all of a sudden going to want a virtual assistant and do things on Zoom and all of that, of course. But for the new generation, think of people under 30. We want the new stuff. We want things to be modern and easy. We're the iPhone generation, right? We, we just look at a screen, we tap a few buttons, and we expect things to, the food to come right now, right? Things like Uber. We're the Uber generation, that's it. So we're going to want this new digital modern healthcare and then once we get it, we're going to keep growing with it. So the total addressable market of digital health, I think, is going to grow exponentially for, for a while. Um, now, I can't guarantee that Teladoc is going to be the one to win in this space. So let's be clear. It is a risky investment. Uh, there's lots of reasons to not want to invest in them, financial reasons. Um, they may not be the one, but I do genuinely believe healthcare is going to be disrupted and we are going to have something better. And of course, it'll be for the, the betterment of the world, I think. But yeah, that's those are my thoughts. That's my response to people who say digital health was just some kind of trend because of COVID. No, I, I really think it's going to be a, a bumpy ride, of course, but it's going to keep growing and it's here to stay. Okay, now the second stock that deserves a chance, meta platforms or Facebook, as I still call it. Listen, Facebook has become a company that we all love to hate. I mean, of course, their platform itself, social media, does make everyone depressed. I, I do agree with that. I also agree that Mark Zuckerberg is not the most charismatic CEO. A lot of people make jokes that he's maybe some kind of alien uh, hidden inside a human body. And maybe he is, to be honest, <laughs> if you believe in aliens. Uh, so I agree. But come on, guys. The, the business model isn't broken. The company has had a couple of negative quarters. Honestly, all things considered, they weren't that negative. 
and people totally lost their minds. Now let's look at exactly what happened. So people are upset about two things at Facebook. The first one is the whole metaverse stuff, the obsession, frankly, and the second is the declining or plateauing level of users that Facebook is able to attract. Now, I think concerns on both of these fronts are overblown, and I'll explain why. If you feel that because Facebook isn't able to bring new people onto the platform, it's the end of Facebook, I can almost guarantee that you don't do Facebook ads. Okay? The advert, the way that advertising works in general. You don't have to target every single person on the planet. I don't need to get eight billion people to view my stuff. You have a target demographic with specific characteristics, and you target them. Now, I'll give myself as an example. I'm a musician. I have a big fan base in India, actually, not in Canada, which is interesting. When I create ads, I don't target every single Indian person. I target Indians aged 19 to 25 who like pop music, who use Spotify. And who like artists that sound like me? That's a percentage of the people, right? So, if you lose your mind because Facebook, for the first time ever, they didn't add another hundred million people onto Facebook, that's okay. I don't need to target my music to everyone on Facebook. And the ten million people、uh, who also advertise on Facebook will all agree with me. That's why we continue to use their advertising, even if Apple introduced these privacy、uh, laws that kind of made problems with our. Advertising model, and even if Facebook isn't able to get you know an extra hundred million people, that's fine. So those concerns, in my opinion, are really overblown. Now the metaverse stuff, I do agree that it's concerning. Actually, for me, it's more annoying than concerning. But I also understand what Mark is trying to do. Mark basically wants to prevent Facebook from becoming a cigarette company. He knows that at some point, other people. Other companies are going to start jumping into this whole advertising game. I mean, Amazon is actually—I don't know if you guys know—but Amazon is huge in advertising.、Uh, and other tech, of course, Google is huge in advertising. That's the whole business. And other tech companies as well are, are moving into that. So Mark knows that he's going to face increasing competition. And even though his company is so strong in advertising, and in my opinion, it's the best advertising company for social media, even though he knows that. He's making the bet that perhaps he can reinvent a whole new other business model, so that his company can be propelled even further into the future instead of becoming a slowly declining cigarette company. I think that's a clever move. And the other thing to consider is, Facebook is actually so profitable that they can afford to lose money on the metaverse for ten years. They can do that, and they are losing money. And people are scared that they're losing money, but the fact that they're able to do it. Is actually a sign of strength, not of weakness. Now, is the metaverse stuff gonna work? That's a whole other question, and and honestly, I I don't know. I I think it has um maybe an an, an equal、uh, chance of succeeding or being a failure. But the fact that he's able to try is great news in itself, and people forget that I think. Now, another note about the declining number of users. Again, Facebook is um. They still have some levers that they can pull to try and get more money. They're doing kind of what Netflix is trying to do now: is if you can't get more users, you can increase the ARPU or average revenue per user. So Facebook right now, every quarter, they're still, you know, fine-tuning their AI to give more effective ads. There's still more and more people getting into the digital space and trying to do digital advertising. There's lots of ways that Zuckerberg can help increase that ARPU over time. 
So it's really not the end of the Facebook business. Honestly, like, give me a break if you think Facebook is dying anytime soon. Yes, are they maybe gonna be in stro slow structural decline? That's very possible, but they are not dying yet. They have a lot of fight left in them. They make 100 billion in revenues. It's one of the largest companies in the entire world in terms of revenues. They're not going anywhere. They're here to stay, they're here to fight. And I, I think they have a bright future ahead of them. I think that they'll find ways to pivot. The metaverse may not be a success, but I think that they're gonna still make um, better ads and make more money just from increasing their average revenue per user instead of getting more users. I also think that WhatsApp, which they own, is currently underutilized. There's a lot of potential um, to make money from that. And uh, yeah, there's, there's lots of new things that they can do. So give them a chance. I think Facebook deserves a chance. And so just in closing thoughts, all I really wanna say is I obviously can't tell the future. I may be very wrong about these two companies and I'm prepared to lose all my money in them. Uh, it's really a possibility. But we have to remember that these types of 80 or 90% drawdowns, those happen even to the best companies. It's happened to Amazon and it's happened to Microsoft in 2001. And we see where those two companies are now. And I really do believe that these are good companies that have a bright future. Now, time will tell. Of course, none of this is financial advice. Always do your due diligence. But I hold these companies and I like them and I think they'll do well. So thank you all for listening to episode four of the Newcomer Investor channel. And I look forward to connecting again with you soon.